0: Welcome back to Galeforce Force Winds Season 3.
1: NLCA Build 2023, May 2nd to 3rd, from the NLCA Center of Ecovation, Newfoundland's largest commercial industrial construction trade expo, showcasing the latest equipment advances and newest technology applications.
0: Here's what I do believe. Every road we take in life is, is lined by those who have gone before us. And if we ignore what they have done, we fail to take the, the, the best opportunity in our lives in the world to learn from what they did, to learn from what their sacrifices gave it and why it was so important to do what they did. And you go back, you know, to World War I and you look at the fact that they learned very quickly how strong and how powerful a team was, as opposed to an individual. They learned very quickly in the in the Newfoundland Regiment at Beaumont Hamel and at Mont La and all the other places where they fought they learned very quickly it didn't matter who you were as long as you actually did your job a yellow diversity was different then but it was still diversity it didn't matter who you were it didn't matter whether you were from the outport or whether you were a townie you came together and worked as a team and it was far more powerful to work as a team than as individuals Alan and Jerry thank you uh, real pleasure and I look forward to being in St Bonds on the uh, on the 9th and we're going to have an awesome event there and we're going to raise some money and Anybody's watching, I encourage you to attend and to attend and contribute. Just think of those bursaries for eleven Ukrainian students and they're gonna make a difference in our province forever and ever and ever. St. Bond's is at the forefront of leading that initiative and Newfoundlanders and Labradorians can step up.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, General, thank you very much. Gale Force Winds is uh, so pleased to have you. I'm just going to reiterate. It's the annual military tribute dinner in honor of St. Bonds graduates who served in the military in support of the bursary program. Tuesday, May 9th, 2023, Royal Canadian Legion, Pleasantville, Branch 56. The address is 66th Boulevard, St. John's, Newfoundland. There is a meet and greet. So that's at six o'clock. VIP ticket holders and doors open for general admission at 630 to dinners at 7. Um, We'll put a link up so that everybody can find out how they can get a hold of the people that are organizing this at St. Bonds. Guest speaker, General Rick Hillier. That's just a taste of
0: what you're in for. Thank you, General. My pleasure, Jerry and Alan. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it.
1: So, folks, we are here with Richard Cashin, and it is a very exciting uh, conversation we're about to embark on. We have Ava, what's your last name again? Ava Bishop, who represents St. Bonds. Just so you know, Richard went to St. Bonds, I went to St. Bonds, and you're currently enrolled in St. Bonds. So what we're going to do today, Richard, is just get a, have a chat, uh, explore, You get you to introduce yourself and then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, plaque that actually has got a big history in your family uh, because it wouldn't be there unless it was for your family. So if you don't mind, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Well, my name is Richard Cashin and I was born in 1937 in St. John's at the, Saint, at the Grace Hospital. Where I came into the world. My parents, people say to me, I remember once a friend of mine said there were two things he didn't like country and western. And I said, that's because you're a townie. He said, you're a townie. I said, only partially. My, both my parents are from the southern shore. Father's from Cape Royal, mother is from Babels. So, no, I'm not a... Really. And then I read somewhere in the a newspaper referring to somebody, instead of saying he was born in Toronto, they said he was originally from Toronto. So I've instructed my children, when the day comes and they have to do an obituary, say, Richard Cashin, originally from the southern shore, but born in St. John's.
1: Richard, I love that introduction. It's uh, quintessentially someone from Newfoundland and specifically from the Avalon Peninsula. Let's, let's ca- call it that. Um, what we want to do today is get a little bit of a sense of what that plaque in front of St. Bon's means. Before I go to you, Richard, Ava, you see that plaque and I'm going to ask you a quick question about it. I'll be honest, when I was your age, I didn't really pay attention to it as much as I should have. Um, I think that what we're doing here is bringing attention to it is really good. What, What are your thoughts, just to open this up?
3: I mean, it's one of those things that's always just been like a constant in the school, like all the statues, where it's like, you know it's there, but it's not really something that you're like constantly noticing. So like learning more about it and the history behind it, I think, is really important because like it is super meaningful and it seems kind of... Inconsequent, inconsequential now to like the graduates and the students that are currently in St. Bonds. but like when you learn about what it actually means, it's so much more elaborate and in depth, and it made such a big difference yeah. to so many people in its time. And so, like bringing that um, into the future is really important.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I did not know the history of this plaque until Jerry Putister told me about it, and that's why I think we, you and I, are incredibly lucky to be sitting with Richard. Richard we're going to delve into the plaque a little bit, and I know, you know, you may not have incredible amount of detail about it, but I think anything that you can recollect about the plaque and its significance?
2: No, I can't recollect anything because I was born 18 years after 17 after the plaque was put there. But I know uh, the instrument of putting it there was my grandfather. And I've given you a copy of his speech and the speech of the then president of the college, Brother brother Ryan. Which, uh, my grandfather, had, at that time, was leader of the opposition. He had been prime minister. And he represented Ferryland District For 30 consecutive years, which was the longest record of any one person for the same district, and when he was eventually retired, that was a record in the British Commonwealth. And uh, the closest person ever to come to that were there were two: Paddy Canning represented a district for 28 years, and Tom Rideout was in the Parliament for 28, uh, the province, but not for the same district. So, and when he was, uh, um, he was Minister of Finance at the time of the Second World War in the Morris government and uh, he did a similar thing on the southern shore. He put a, a monument in the St. Kevin's uh, Cemetery Naming all the southern shore people. And uh, on the 100th anniversary of Beaumont Hamill, I was asked to speak there. I don't know if you know the song, The Fields of Kilbride. Well, it's a very haunting tune. And a cousin of mine said to me, and just before I spoke, the, the, the once, I think they were called, sang it. It was beautiful. But my wife had just died a few, uh, less than a year before that, so it wasn't my, it was was a very emotional occasion for me. And this plaque here, I remember seeing it when I was uh, at some bonds. And of course I saw that, I, I inquired about it from my father, who told me and that my grandfather was part of a group because my grandfather had attended some bonds and so had my father, both of them as boarders, of course, because they're both from Cape Royal. So that's what I know about it. But it's, it's, it's obvious that my grandfather wanted, in the case of Ferryland, to recognize his, his constituency. And in the case of some bonds, to recognize uh, the contribution that the Sumbans alumni, and he has it divided into three different groups, those that served in the in the war and, and those served in other services. So it was, um, I was quite uh, pleased to note that my grandfather had taken that kind of action.
1: But well, it's interesting to me that, you know, you're your grandfather, yourself your dedication to community is incredible in terms of the amount of time you put into things but you're also putting treasure into this plaque I would understand so why would your grandfather have done this do you think?
2: <laughs> well the simple answer is because he wanted to <laughs> but I mean it was in keeping with the kind of person he was that's the way I look at it I mean, he was a man who had a sense of community. And he demonstrated that by more than 30 years in public life. And And he was a natural leader. And leaders, that's what leaders do. They do mostly good things. Amazing. You know what strikes me,
1: Eva, when I look at that? How many names are on it? I was trying to describe to my brother, who's actually, he, he served in Afghanistan. And he went to St. Bond's And frankly, he wasn't that aware of it. So what I like about what Jerry Putterster and the alumni group are doing, they're bringing attention to this plaque that was put there in 1921, correct? But the number of names on it is what strikes me. How many St. Bond's students dedicated their lives to the First World War? It's incredible. Many of which passed away um, over there, but many of which didn't and came back. Did, are there any anecdotes, Richard, that you can think of from anyone on the plaque? Or is there anyone that you're related to on the plaque?
2: yes, well, my uncle's name is there, isn't it? Peter Cashin, Major yeah. Peter Cashin. Yes, well, he served. Yes, he he served. Uh, he, he first served in the in the Newfoundland Regiment, but when he finished his service. He was a major in the British Army, and uh, was, uh, what do you call it, machine gun corps. And that's where he became a major. in the in the He was actually no longer in the regiment, he was in the British Army. And he
1: survived the oh, God, First World War.
2: He survived, and indeed, although Smallwood is regarded as the father of confederation, the grandfather is Peter Cashin because during the course of World War II, my uncle had a radio show, first of all, on the government station, The Voice of Liberty, which was demanding a return to responsible government, which was promised when the government of the day, the conservative government of the day, gave up uh, in 1934, gave up. We became the only people, regardless of race, Color or anything else ever to voluntarily give up self government. And he, and the deal was we were to get it back, and Peter's thesis was give us back our democracy. Now, people called him anti Confederate. He actually his, he, he worked on the prairies building the railway. He, he was not anti Confederate, he was pro Newfoundland. And I remember once he was present, I was interviewing for a thesis I was doing at St. Avex, the then Premier Smallwood, and I asked him why he didn't go that route and he had a, a plausible explanation. But if we had gone that route, I looked at the results of all the writings, our first Prime Minister would have been Joey Smallwood. So we would have gone into Confederation anyway. I happen to feel it would have been a bit nicer for him to go in as Prime Minister. Uh, than, but anyway, that, uh, uh, that's why I call Peter Cashin the grandfather of Confederation.
1: Richard, you know what I really appreciate about this conversation is that plaque is there right now in St. Bond's. But for young people like Ava here, you're bringing to life the person whose name is on that plaque. Can you tell us another anecdote about your uh, uh, Peter?
2: Something about his personality, whatever. Well, he was probably the singular best uh, orator, one of the best orators I've ever heard. And there was a, a movie done called Secret Nation in which he they filmed some of his most famous speeches. And they asked me to play the part of Peter. And that's the late Paul Pope and the other Jones and his brother, both of whom are dead now. Anyway, they brought about this secret nation. And when I was reading Peter's speech, somebody said, lip-sync. And I said, what's that? Well, we'll use his voice, and if you lip-sync, and one of them said, it's too difficult. Anyway, I took the speech and I worked it. And when I came to it, I, I, I have, my voice is not bad, but it's not the same as Peter Cashin, who had a tremendous flourish in his voice. So I the movie was made uh, with me as Peter, and I it shows me giving the speech, but I'm giving Peter's speech. And it was one of the speeches that led to him being sued by the, um, including a judge of the Supreme Court, because he said they were all bought off. So they sued him. (laughs) And I'll never forget the night, uh, and he, and I also had a a copy of his defense, his speech in his defense, which I gave uh, to uh, then Chief Justice Green, and it's published in the last uh, volume of Newfoundland statutes, because it wasn't done for many years. Well then, after he gave that speech, the jury acquitted him. But my father, I went down, my my parents drove down to the courthouse, and there was, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of his supporters outside. And we came up, uh, uh, you know, up a, Heading towards the, the courthouse on what is it, Gower Street, and the police had it fenced off, and they looked in and saw it was my father. So we eased up through the crowd, and I remember Peter as he came out of the courthouse. The crowd picked him up on their on his shoulders and took him down. Everybody <laughs> was cheering, so I remember that, and.
1: about him. What a fantastic story. You know what's not lost on me is that this plaque is actually a form of communication. Richard, you come from an incredibly long line of great communicators. You talked about Peter being a great orator. I remember as a young fellow myself watching you on TV being interviewed. What is it about the Cashin family that made them such good public speakers? Is that something you practiced as a kid at home? What did you do?
2: Well, I mean, that's like saying, how come I had red hair? I can answer that. That came from my great great grandmother, Maloney, in Whitless Bay. So where did the speaking ability come from? Well, I guess it's like where the blue eyes came from. I mean, uh, in his day, my grandfather was regarded as one of the best speakers of that era. And in the little thing I gave you, he, 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 he had, he, when he was leader of the opposition, he gave a record-breaking filibuster. He busted it. So I guess my ability to speak uh, was inherited and uh, I practiced it in the House of Commons, and I'm pleased to say, this is the first opportunity I've ever had to say that, that among the notes I got, that I kept, were two from John Diefenbaker, who was on the other side of the house, who wrote me a note. And I remember there was one particular, uh, member from Brougham, Mississippi he and I didn't stable horses. And uh, one time I'm getting up to speak and he was, left the house, which not, I didn't didn't surprise me. And suddenly he turned around and came back. I met him later. I said, i calling him by name. He said, John Diefenbaker was coming in the house and he said, I always listen to that young man. So well, I guess uh, the gift and it is a gift was passed for, to uh, my, my uh, grandfather and to my uncle. And I had a cousin, Cy Fox, who had a, a better voice than me, almost identical to Peter Cashin. And one time he gave a lecture at Memorial, and uh, the president at the time was Mose Morgan, and Mose was leaving the lecture, and he said, Richard, that voice seemed familiar to me. I said, it's the voice of Peter Cashin. So my cousin, Cy had the gift, also a better voice,
1: Fantastic Richard. Um, just a few more questions. What, what is the significance of being connected to history? I think this plaque has been there since 1921, so this 102 years the plaque has been there. Uh, here we are with a young lady now that's learning about history, sitting next to someone who's deeply connected. What's your thoughts on the connection to history and the importance?
2: Well I think if you don't know where you came from it's difficult to know where you're going. Yeah. So I've been a, a believer, and I therefore have traced the roots of uh, my my family and the families I'm related to, including one of the prominent people promoting this, uh, Frank, Captain Frank Pulitzer's son, Jerry. Captain Frank was a second cousin of my mother's. So I believe in understanding to know who you are, where you came from, and also where you're going. That's a, I
1: I love that answer. Eva, I think when you walk by this plaque, what tell us what you're going to do the next time you go back after your holidays.
3: I have no idea. I think just it seems like something that's so far removed from us now. You know, like you think about it, and it's like 102 years old. Like, it feels so far removed and so, like, distanced from where we are now but like learning about the people behind it and learning about the people on it it sort of makes it seem more re- more real and more organic yeah because you know you read those things and they're just names on a plaque but in reality they were people and they were people that meant something to the world around them and they were people that like affected change and it's you know history is told through language and so like being a part of this experience and just getting to like listen to these people being described, it makes it seem so much more real and I think that increases the impact of it so much more when you realize that like these were re- legitimate people and you think about how many like other world changers that were lost in that sort of thing and it just makes the impact so much greater.
1: Wow, that's very profound from a young lady. Richard, I think about your grandfather and how forward-thinking he was to communicate the connection to the war. And uh, I'm here sitting with an iPhone in my hand. If he could only imagine that here we are, 102 years later, talking about a plaque using technology that was unfathomable back then. Um, one of the things we like to do on our podcast is ask our guests to give us a piece of advice. You're in a, in a really unique position, Richard, where you actually are responsible, your family is responsible for putting this plaque there. You also have a young lady from St. Bonds. I would imagine most of the students from the school are going to watch this. What what piece of advice would you give those young men and women that are in St. Bonds and beyond?
2: Well, that's a tough question because my I have a grandson who's uh, uh, studying uh, at Dalhousie, and he came here, and he asked me for one bit of advice. God, <laughs> I said, oh my God. I said, keep your feet on the ground. Don't uh, chase shadows. Be, be firm in your convictions. And also, if you can be, keep pleasant.
1: Fantastic. Eva, can you just summarize your experience having this chat? I know you already did a little bit. If there's anything else you had to add?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm always super interested in learning about other people and their stories. And like I was part of, when I was in grade five, I helped start a rowing team. And I found out that it was the first rowing team for the school in 60 years. Um, and a couple of my friends and I actually got to meet some of the members of that, like, original team and learn about their experiences and about their stories and just like conversing with these people and knowing that like even when they're gone their stories will be remembered because at least someone knows about them it's a very profound experience I'm really lucky to have been a part of it.
1: Well, I can say this. You are an incredibly articulate young woman. Maybe one day you'll stand in the House of Commons like the gentleman that stood next to you, sitting next to you. Very very good. Um, I'm going to say thank you to both of you for joining us on Gale Force Winds. This has been an incredible privilege for me to sit with you and your history in Newfoundland and to sit with you. Your future is so bright. So thank you for joining us on Gale Force Winds.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Gale Force Winds. That's Gale Force Winds, W I N S dot com.